Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Chargers, and we got a good one this week with Lorenzo Neal because Chargers coming off a victory. Uh, We are going to get into that uh, a little bit later, Lorenzo, but I, I think it's important for us because it's early enough now. We're only three games into a, a 17 contest campaign. And you remember it. I remember it. All of the talk going into this season was the AFC is a gauntlet. The AFC is a buzzsaw. The AFC is going to leave three or four A-level quarterbacks out of the postseason. And I don't know how they're going to answer for it. And now we look at the standings and we've got one undefeated team, Miami that the Chargers took down to the final possession and some one and two teams like the Bengals that were in the AFC championship last year. And it looks an awful lot like nine and eight's probably going to get you into the wild card again. Yeah, no question, Matt. I know we talked about that thinking, okay, what is it going to take? Is it going to be 11, 12? What is it going to take to get in with the AFC? Because you look at the quarterback play and we talk about the National Football League now, it's a quarterback-driven league. And you think about the Russell Wilson had a bad year last year. You think, okay, this is going to be the year that, you know, with Sean Payton emerging as a head coach, they're going to (laughs) turn things around. They gave up a 70-burger, man, a 70-burger against Miami, who the Chargers should have, and everyone feels that they could have won, should have won. Some questionable play calls, ball bounced the wrong way, under three minutes, you're winning that ball game. The Chargers could be undefeated. So when you think about what's going on, Aaron A-Rod is out, Aaron Rodgers out with the Jets, don't have Aaron Rodgers, and look at that team, how they're willing just to hang in there, stay above 500. You look, you know, a parse, everyone talks about Bill Belichick and what he's going to do now in this yeah. third year with this quarterback, and look where they're at. So when you think about the state of the AFC, Miami seems to right now that they're on top, but they don't seem to be just, a, you know, a lightning rod. Yes, they're playing good offense, but you can score, and you saw how the Chargers did. So, yeah, the state of the AFC right now, I, I was thinking 11 at least 10 at the bare minimum to get in, but you might be right. I think it's going to be nine wins. You're getting in, you you got a chance as a wildcard play. Yeah, everything, you know, and look, things change any given week, right? So coming off of zero and two felt like, okay, good news. And we discussed this last week on on the pod and, and on the show here that, okay, the path is going to be the division. They've got six division games in front of them. You've got to win five of them and knock off, you know, the the Kansas City Chiefs and and try to get that advantage, you know, in, in that division. But now I think looking at it, it, the wild card is open. You've got an Indianapolis team that's two and one. Tip of the cap to our old friend Shane Steichen, you know, yeah. the offensive coordinator that got Justin Herbert's career started. You've got the Baltimore Ravens at two and one that had seven starters out last week, and you saw what what Steichen and, and his crew did. They forced him to throw outside the numbers, and it did not go well again. So you've got issues there in Baltimore. Cleveland, of course, has a dominant defense. Not a lot of people had kind of tabbed that as a dominant AFC team, and they do look like they're going to be, you know, trouble. Pittsburgh at 2-1, and one, offense still in right. The offense still is. So what I'm getting at is I think it's important to sort of set the tone of, well, the Chargers are 1-2. and two. They play the Raiders this week. They always split those series, something that you brought up last week. You got to stop splitting those series. Chris Harris brought that up last week when he joined us. But the team that doesn't split those series, 
I still hold Chargers are going to need to sweep the the, the Raiders. They're going to need to sweep the Broncos. Those are two teams that that are going to need to be, you know, that are going to need to get got, as they like to say, for, for them to punch their ticket into the playoffs. But I do think it looks a lot less arduous than it did last week. And you brought it up, Lo. The Jets are without Aaron Rodgers. That, that was projected to be a double-digit win team. Not the case. Um, and I think Baltimore sort of is starting to fall into that category because of the attrition that they're suffering here so early. Right. And then you look at Tennessee, another team that, you know, right. you look the way that they played, you know, one week they beat the Chargers and the next week, you know, can only give up three. And you saw the way that Cleveland slapped them around. So you're 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 absolutely right. It's just going to be interesting just to see who gets their sea legs, because you look at the Chargers. If you think about the games that they played and lost, they are they could very well be three and you look at Tennessee. They can't be three. You look at the way right. they've lost. You look at the you look at the rate. So. The Chargers, it's, it's about how do they find a way to finish? How do they find a way to, like you said, switch to start winning those close games? This is what they got to do with consistency. Just like consistency, they've been losing those close games last year, year before. Now you got to consistently win those tough games. That's what it's going to take for this team. But when you're talking about just the state of the AFC, you look at the quarterback play. You you look at Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders. Wasn't that good last week, even though a Steeler team, their uh, their quarterback you look at the young guy in his second year he hasn't shown that he has the maturity he's not just great when you think about a second year quarterback i know we're kind of bouncing around just talking about the state of the the AFC sure. and we're getting into the charge a little in depth but there's a guy that's in his second year just like pinkett's in his second year and that's a guy you know and you see the way that he's playing and he's mystery relevant the last pick in the draft and you see what he's doing for the san francisco 49ers yeah, brock, purdy. brock purdy here's a guy quarterbacks have to go out and win games. That's why they pay them the big money. The quarterbacks, they say, okay, I'm holding on to the ball. Okay, I got my first read, my second read. But they want to be the guy. Purdy has understood right. that, look, the Niners are a good enough team that I don't have to go out and say, I got to go light it up. I got to go throw the ball all over the field. I got to throw for four or 500 yards. He understands and plays within himself. And that's what Tua is starting to do. Everyone took. Oh, hold on. Before you get there, Lo, I want to jump in Please. because I want to make, I, I want to jump off from that point you just made. Sure. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. And this was because it's Raider week. Sure. This sure. was the conversation around Jimmy Garoppolo. All Jimmy does is win. Jimmy wins games. Jimmy took him to the Super Bowl. Jimmy helped take him to the AFC championship or to the NFC championship game last year. That was Jimmy with Kyle Shanahan. That was Jimmy with Bill Belichick, you know, learning under Tom Brady and then going to the best play caller in all of the NFL, Kyle Shanahan, with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and the best defensive front in football and IU and George Kittle. I mean, we can go on, right? When Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's what we said, okay, let now let's see him on a Raiders team with a suspect offensive line with Josh McDaniels, who could call some offense when Tom Brady was his quarterback, but really not much else outside of that. So... You look. I'm looking at Jimmy's numbers right now. Five touchdowns, six interceptions, and a QB rating of 81, and and four sacks. Like, it's different. It is different when you are not quarterbacking for the best play caller in the NFL. No question. And to add to that, Matt, and that's what I think about Brock is the difference. Purdy understands he's not going to hold onto the ball and say I'm a seven-step drop and I'm going for the home run. Every now and then he'll do that, but he's going to take what the defense gives. That's why Cal Shanahan's offense to me can be, like you said, it's prolific because if you're the quarterback and you say you don't make it about yourself and you're saying, here's my first read, he's playing off, I know he's playing off, I know they got covered too, I know I'm going to beat him on the slant. 
and Purdy says, this is where I'm going with the ball. Other quarterbacks say, I don't want that. I'm going big, bigger. So that's why Purdy stays ahead of right. the sticks. So Cal Shanahan's offense it is great and it's simple. We get that. But you got to quarter have a have to have a selfish quarterback that's going to take advantage of what he's giving you. When you look at Jimmy G and you think about Purdy, it's not even close to me because Jimmy G had a great defense. Jimmy G overcame things, and everyone says, "Well, Jimmy G got him to the Super Bowl." I don't, I don't buy that. That defense in the running game yeah. got him to the Super Bowl. Jimmy just had to be, hey, look, understand that. But now Purdy, the way that he operates the offense. Last three weeks, 30 points. Look what they've been able to do because he plays within the system consistently and he doesn't have to do no like Herbert on the Chargers that got to go out and dominate, win games, take those big shots because he has to do that. He has to be great for the Chargers to win. Well, it's a perfect place to segue into the contest against Minnesota last week and you know get a look at what herbert was able to do an absolutely historic performance uh, for both justin herbert career-wise single game wise and of course for keenan allen and what the captain did out there and those numbers low it's the first ever 400 yard passing game for justin herbert uh in that game he ends up breaking drew Brees' record uh, these are all Charger records, right? Well, some of them are. Drew Brees' record for most attempts without an interception. Breaks that record. Ends up breaking the NFL record for most passing yards in a player's first four seasons. Ends up getting his 24th 300-yard game, the most by an NFL quarterback in his first four seasons. So all of those records were set. And then to top it off, Keenan Allen ends up passing one of the all-time great Chargers, Bambi, Lance Allworth for career receiving yards by a wide receiver. Only Antonio Gates, your former teammate, is ahead of him in terms of receiving yards. He ends up uh, setting the NFL record for most 15-plus reception games uh, by a, an individual player, and he ends up getting his career high, 18 receptions, his career high, 215 yards. Oh, and by the way, on his resume, he now has uh, an interception, an 18-yard uh, receiving game, a 200-yard receiving game, and a touchdown pass after That's what he did with Mike Williams in that contest against Minnesota. That was amazing. The throw that he made was just amazing. Drop the dime in there. You you just – it's so much that you just laid out about what yeah. Herbert was able to do for a yard game, what he was able to do. And guess what? It was going to take that type of effort to win that ball game. He had to play that well. And just to see him and Keenan become, you know, one in that game to see this is why I go to Keenan. This is why I'm going to put the ball in his hand. He understands the body position, how Keenan can body guys, what Keenan can do, how he gets creates the separation. He knows where he is, the timing coming out of the break. Those two guys really work well together. Yep. It was just amazing to see that duel be so productive in that game. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it took every bit of both those guys, hero, hero of the effort to go ahead and get past the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of numbers underlying, you know, the performance that, that I think are important to acknowledge. And that's, you know, you're talking about a guy that dropped back 50 times, 50 times Herbert drops back. He attempts 47 passes. He completes 40 of them. And he does it with a defense that is blitzing him, not five guys. We're talking five, six, and seven guys. Yeah, Brian Flores was throwing the kitchen sink yes. at him repeatedly. He blitzed on 40 of the 50, 41 of the 50 dropbacks. 
he blitzed. And Herbert was – the difference in this game in the previous two low that I noticed was before when he was under pressure against Miami and against Tennessee, he's getting rid of the ball, lived to, lived to play another down. In this game, he was climbing. He was moving. He was extending plays. He was like, you know what? Let's let's try to make a play. Let's not just live to, to, to play the next down and try to get it there. Let's see if I can get something. And that's and that's what a lot of those receptions were because her. It, I think it might have been Herbert's best game overall. Just Agreed. the way he moved. Though there, there's a couple things we can nitpick that we'll get to, but just the way he moved, the way he extended plays, the way he found receiver, and those were not those those forty completions. Those are not Joe Lombardi Dinkin Ducks. Those are pushing the ball. He had one low where he rolled to his left. It was a third down. I think it was like it was a third and long. I think like third and twelve or something or fifteen, something like that. He's rolling to his left, and he is throwing to his right to Keenan, opposite side of the field. He's outside the left yeah. hash, almost at the numbers. Keenan is on the numbers right side. He throws a laser, laser. twenty five yards down the field. Like there were those Herbert throws in that game. Yeah, he put it on the rope, and that's what you want to do. You want to see that, and what you're alluding to, Matt, is his ability in the pocket, like you said, to climb and extend plays. See, what happens, a lot of quarterbacks, like you talked about, they say, okay, the pressure's coming, they're getting rid of the ball. You saw Herbert, and this is the first time I've seen him do this, like you said. That's why I think it's more of his complete game. I'm with you, Matt, because you saw him climb up in the pocket, but then just move a little bit to the left or to the right just to buy a little bit more time. He held onto the ball as long as he could by extending the plays because he knew the pressure was coming. He knew he was going to get hit. He said, but if I stay here, I'm going to get hit. But if I move just five inches or two feet over to my right, Right. I'm going to get hit, but I'm going to be able to make the pass. I'm going to be able to make the throw. That's what he did in the pocket. He extended the plays, still took the hit, but he held onto the ball by just a slight movement. He climbed in the pocket. He did that very, very unbelievable. I thought it was awesome. And also, you know, and, and I think I could probably connect these two things. One of the great things that we've noticed now uh, about Kellen Moore as a play caller is Kellen Moore is not grabbing his, I wish I had, you know, something to, to illustrate it. You know, you no. see these offensive coordinators and they're looking at their play sheets. He's not just picking a play. Oh, I want this play for second and seven. I want this play for third and 10. I want this play for first and five. He's setting you up. He is setting you up throughout the course of the game. That double pass, he had at least three of those passes to Keenan that were tunnel screens. He's throwing them to Keenan. He's got blockers in front. Okay, Brian Flores, you're going to bring the blitz. Guess what? I know you're bringing six. So I'm going to throw this tunnel screen. I got blockers in front of me, and I'm going to get seven, eight yards out of this. Sets him up, wham, and then does it again. <laughs> Safety bites, thinking that that's what it is, another tunnel screen, and there goes Mike. And that's the difference is he's stacking plays on top of one another and waiting for that kill shot and that's exactly what that was and man it is so fun to watch his offense because you know it's coming you're like all right what is he setting up what's he setting up here and when it comes you're like there it is that's what he was doing it, it was and you you it's legendary i love it and here's the thing what he did money that made it so great and unique it was keenan a lot of it because he trusted Keenan because Keenan was winning on those first and second downs, those yeah. tunnel screens. He was getting 5, 10, 15 yards. So they said, look, when he's coming, you guys got to get off the blocks. And so now guys started selling out to saying, we got to get up field and we got to tackle him. And because Keenan was doing that, because 
coach knew, like you said, more knew, hey, Keenan's going to be able to move the sticks. Now Flores is saying, I got to gamble. Guy safety has to come down in the box. We have to shut down this run. And so because you saw, you don't have Eckler, you don't have certain things. So what they do now, that's just like a run. You get the ball on the tunnel screen, get it out to him out in the space, and now he's got to beat somebody or, right. move, or run over someone. So it's just like a sweep, but it's just throwing the ball. So when Keenan was doing that, now he was beating one of the guys. Now you got to rally. Guys got to rally. The safety has to come down. And like you said, Moore set that up perfectly and then yep. bombs away a ball over the top. That was a great offensive play by Moore. And I do, and this, I want to bring this up. And this is, this is just my opinion uh, because I know the coaches would never acknowledge it. This is my personal opinion. I want to get this out of the way and we'll never know the answer because they'll never acknowledge it. There are a lot of people going after Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore, more so for the play call not the decision. And I said it, uh, you know, on the broadcast at the time with, with Daniel Jeremiah doing the game with me, he disagreed and he's the football brain. I'm just the idiot play-by-play guy. He's like, no, I would, I would punt it personally. I want to get as much distance between the touch, you know, between the goal line and the offense as possible. I, I said, in my opinion, when you're going forward on fourth and less than one at your own 24, the defense has had serious issues with space today. And Derwin is out and JT Woods, took a, a rough angle on that 53-yard touchdown from Justin Jefferson. That's how he ended up with that explosive play. I said, win the game here. You got two feet. Let's go two feet and win the game. They're out of timeouts. You get the first down. You take the knee. So after the play, I said, I'm fine with the decision. Even though it did not work out, I didn't like the play. So people are going after the play call. A fullback dive from your backup running back. Lo, how big were you when you played? 245, 250. And I heard you okay. give me some love. You said, you don't have low Neil out here today. I heard exactly. you. Money, I exactly. heard you, baby. I heard you give me I some said, love. <laughs> I don't want to be handing the ball to a 211-pound second, you know, on the depth chart running back at the fullback position. If I got Lorenzo Neal, let's go. I'm fine with that. You know, let's go and let's get our push. So they're criticizing Kellen for the play call. If I were to you know, if, if I think if everyone's being honest, that's Justin Herbert's decision. He gets under center, and the way that thing's set up, I think he's got three choices, and it's up to him. He can sneak it, he can hand it to the fullback dive, or he can pitch it to Darius Davis, who was lined up as a halfback, because that's what he did the week before on fourth and two. He saw Daniil Hunter out wide, and he knew, okay, they're on it. They know that this is the same play we ran last week. Can't pitch it to Darius, so now it's up to him to decide Am I going to take this snap and go two feet? Or am I going to take this snap and hand it to Joshua Kelly, who's going to be four yards behind the line to gain? And so to me, for those saying, why don't you just quarterback sneak it? I don't think that was a Kellen Moore decision. I think that was a Justin Herbert decision. He didn't like what was in front of him for whatever reason and chose to hand the ball to Joshua instead of taking the sneak himself. Yeah, and I'm with you. And But I just think when you watch, and I know, you know, money watched you know, Tampa Bay and, and you see with Philadelphia. That quarterback sneak, guys are they got guys submarining. They have this deadly they have the linebacker saying they're coming over the top. But see if you're a quarterback and you just keep your move, legs moving and you fall over the top on the line, now the the fullback and tailback they start pushing you. It's Im right. almost impossible to say you saw that you got two it's, feet. A, it's a belief. It's two feet and it's and two Justin feet Herbert is what is, they needed. He's six four, six five. He's gonna fall four he's two fifty. He's, he's 6'6", 250, low. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you. 
they have to get you have to perfect that play but that play is an yeah. attitude if you can look up with the chargers like you said man i think it was fourth down and one maybe five or six times i think i was 100 percent because it's an attitude i got hit in the back door. i was like no 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 i'm getting this yard or two feet and those are the things that uh, attitude the quarterback sneak is an attitude especially now that you can get that push tom brady would get it all the time i think I just gonna say it who's the greatest ever low who's greatest? the greatest ever Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback sneak quarterback ever, and he's the greatest quarterback ever. And he was like, let's go. I'm getting it. Let's go win. Yeah. It's mine. At 40 I'm going years, to get it. At 40 years at old, 40. 42, he said, I don't care. Yeah. And so that's what I think the Chargers more. They got it because, yes, it worked out. It worked out. And I understand the play like you're saying, but, man, if it wouldn't, uh, it's, 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 is it worth it? Is it worth the headache that what news media and what the media would have right. been saying today? Was it worth the headache to not punt the ball? Right. Now, thankfully, bailed out. <laughs> Kenneth Murray, again, played an exceptional game. Uh, just to wrap this one up before we move on to the Raiders, Lorenzo, they lose Mike Williams. Uh, does his ACL. He feel horrible for him. Was having a great game. Had his first 100-yard game. Had the touchdown. It was a successful play. The screen to him in the slot. A lot of that Mike Williams slot play they were committing the safety there, and Keenan was getting those one-on-ones. You would have thought they might have adjusted after he caught, like, his, I don't know, eighth or ninth ball in the first half, but they right. didn't. Um, so that's going to be a big – that's a big loss. It Huge. is a big Huge loss because, yeah, clearly they were bringing Quentin along slowly, thinking, you know, we got a year to work him in and, and get him developed. They know he's a work in progress and not a complete – you know, ready to go, just put him out there. He's kind of reaching close to his ceiling receiver. Um, and he's going to have to step up. Josh Palmer had a great game, and I believe in Josh Palmer. So I think he and Keenan, but you're going to need some help from from Quentin. That's that's something that's going to have to come together. And we're going to see it as, as we shift, Lorenzo, to this week. Uh, you know, you get the first win. Let's get to the bye at 2-2. Two and two. You, you have the Raiders coming in. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It's going to be Brian Hoyer. It's going to be the rookie Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue, um, or if it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, if he clears concussion protocol, but you're getting a Raiders offense that is broken. It is broken. It is supposed to work off the running game of Josh Jacobs. And right now, Josh Jacobs, I'm looking at it, is averaging 2.4 yards per carry, does not have a touchdown yet. The offensive line is struggling to run block. Teams are selling out to stop the run, and they have not been able to make them pay consistently. There have been some big plays there to Jacoby Myers, to, to Devontae Adams. They haven't been make, able to make opponents pay consistently. Um, on paper, I feel like the Chargers have a, a pretty good advantage in this one, especially it being a home game. I, I'm with you, and that's what the Chargers have to sell out. You have to sell out to say you got to stop Devontae Adams. you got to stop Fresno State's grade. You have to double this guy and you say, heck, I had to throw that in. You like how I slid that in, Matt? I had to. Matt, hey, 559, let's go. Green B. Anyone, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> Love it. I kept Love moving. It. The big green yeah, I of the Central moving. Valley. I kept moving. As I slid it, I just kept moving. You know, Fresno State. I think they're 3-0 and right now. But anyway, as I digress. But hey, <laughs> shut out the devils, man. Shut exactly, out the forks. Exactly. Exactly. But you got to shut him down. You got to roll coverage over there. Yeah. And you say, you know what? And we got to put seven, eight guys in the box. And we shut down Josh Jacobs. You got to say, let's not let this be the day. He wants to have a breakout game. The guy wants to get paid. You're saying, not today, Josh. Wait till next week. We're not doing it. So you got to sell out on the run and you got to double you got to double 17 because this guy is a playmaker and you got to heat up this young quarterback if it's not Hoyer this young quarterback you got to heat him up but you got to get hands on the line of scrimmage you got to make sure you jam the receivers and then you hope the pressure get there you can't give guys free runs because this young guy can throw the ball and I think they're going to go with the young uh, 
kid out of Purdue with O'Connell, the O'Connell, the yeah. way that he's played and saw the way he played in, uh, you know, in preseason. So this is a game that the Chargers need to win and they got to pick up where they left off, getting this bye week to be two and oh, to be two and two. Uh, that's not so bad, but Raider week, you know, it, this is bad blood. Both these teams, they with this game. It's always going to be a good game. It's not going to be a cakewalk for either team. It's just who wants it the most. And we know that the Chargers look like they have more talent. It's going to be interesting to see how it works out, though. Yeah, the the name that I would that I would put out there, if you're asking keys to the game, because I thought he was a huge key to the game uh, against the Vikings. And man, what he has done through three games has been incredible. Tuli Tuipolotu oh. has been. Oh. Look, he's been the best defensive lineman, and he's got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack out there. He's been the Chargers' best. Now, listen, they're committing more resources. I get it. Teams are committing more resources to Joey Bosa. But when you're talking about what have you done when you are singled up he's and, winning. and you've got that, he's winning. He's winning more than anybody else. He's, man, Thule is a force. And he had his second consecutive best defensive player on the field game last week against Minnesota, just like he did in Tennessee. And, man, it is fun. to Why do you think Joey's giving him those big hugs if you've been watching the social yeah. media? Because he knows I'm going to start getting one-on-ones if this guy keeps doing this. Oh, his motor, he doesn't stop. The kid's motor is just – it's unbelievable. You see him just not – stopping he's dialing it up he's double getting at times double beating guys getting in the back but whatever he's doing keep doing it and he's taking a lot of pressure off those guys he is like you said without a doubt he's standing out on that defensive front and that has been huge and one time we're talking about keenan real quick going back as i digress again when you watch keenan this is the thing that we have to be careful about man is how much wear and tear and how much right. pressure you going to put on keenan because you know keenan you're going to need him in november and december so now this is going to be, what is this offense and how is Kellen going to say, okay, am I going to run these tunnel screens a lot to Keenan? What are we going to do? Because you know Keenan will do it, but he's not the youngest guy anymore. You know that he's battling the hamstring injury. It's been, it's chronic. So that's a question to me that it's like, we got to have some other guys step up because you can't ask Keenan to just do it week in and week out without someone else stepping up. Yeah, I'll wrap it with this. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, I know the the, the running game was not working, uh, but that was, you know, to some degree by design. They they knew that they were getting, they were eaten on the outsides the way Brian Flores was blitzing. So they were happy to take advantage of that. And they got 400 yards passing, just like they got nearly 200 yards rushing, uh, over 200 yards rushing against the Dolphins when they were taking away the deep ball in a lot of the passing attack. Kellen Moore's been really good about adapting to what the defense is trying to take away from him. I'd like to see this be an Isaiah Spiller game. He had a run. It wasn't huge run it was a six yard run but I thought he put on display for the coaches hey I'm the guy that's six foot one 220 plus watch this he got hit behind the line of scrimmage he shook the linebacker and what could have been a one yard loss ended up being a six yard gain love to see a lot more of that against this Raiders team to set up some of those shot plays like you said low so you don't have to nibble on the outside with those tunnel screens and use that as your extended run game should be a great one. Yes. Uh, we're excited about it. <laughs> we're looking. It's Raider week. You know You know what? Let's wrap with that real quick, Lo, just if you can, because I know we're running out of time. Real quick, just Raider week as a Charger. Absolutely. I, I look forward to the five years of my career being at San Diego Chargers at the time. 
Greater Week was unlike no other man. You know the vibe around that place. Marty Schaunner, what week is it? Raider Week. The, the cries, the tears <laughs> that were coming out of his eyes. And he's like, Lorenzo, you better put your big boy pads on because we're going to run 40 and 50 power all day long. You got it? <laughs> I mean, he's at practice. Start the drill over. Put your pads on. And it was so intense doing Raider Week. We swept those guys because Marty Schottenheimer, man, and this coaching staff, he absolutely hated because Al Davis skipped over him, and he's like, I'm going to make you pay, and right. that's what we did. You bloody their nose. Matt, put me in the game. I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> hey, I'll <laughs> hand it to you on fourth and two feet in a half second. All right, that's Believe in Chargers this week. Can't wait to celebrate a victory over the Raiders next week uh, as we will hit the bye, unfortunately, early in the season in week five. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.